Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest Happy Friday, Edwin. Happy Friday, Andrew. Coming to the end of another work week, but that means we're kicking off another weekend. And we're excited about that because we're going to get together on this Lord's Day, this Sunday, be worshiping at Livingston. And for all of you that might be listening, if you're in the Tampa area, we want you to come out and join us. We have our morning worship assembly at 10 a.m. You might need directions. You might need some other information. You can get all of that at our website, www.christiansmeethere.org. Please come by this Sunday. Yes, we're going to continue in Psalm 78 today, though. Yes. And hopefully we'll be able to learn some things about Jesus from this psalm. I think we absolutely will. I'm excited. Okay. So let's just dig in here. I'm going to read just the first four verses. I could just tell by the way you said that. <laughs> I'm excited. I am straight up excited about what I see in Psalm 78. So we'll, we'll talk about that here in a second. But I'm just going to begin again from the Christian Standard Bible, Psalm 78. Just going to read the first four verses. My people hear my instruction. Listen to what I say. I will declare wise sayings. I will speak mysteries from the past, things we have heard and known and that our fathers have passed down to us. We must not hide them from their children, but must tell a future generation the praises of the Lord, his might, and the wonderful works he has performed. Well, I appreciate you uh, reading those first four verses. I know on Fridays we like to find Jesus in the Psalms, and that was that, that's an easy one right there because what we have is one of the portions of the Psalm that is then quoted in the New Testament uh, by the Gospel writer Matthew and made application to some of Jesus' teaching ministry. It's particularly there in Psalm 78 and verse number 2, I will open my mouth, the New King James says, in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. In Matthew chapter 13, you have Jesus preaching and teaching in parables to these multitudes. And we're told in Matthew 13 and verse number 34, all these things Jesus spoke to the multitude in parables, and without a parable he did not speak to them, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets, saying, I will open my mouth in parables, I will utter things kept secret from the foundation of the world. Then Jesus sent the multitude and went into his house. His disciples came to him saying, explain to us the parable of the tares in the field. And I'm not going to read the parable of the tares in the field. But what I want to highlight there is the disciples come to him and say, could you explain this teaching that you just gave? Could you explain this parable that you just gave? And so the parables were communicating teachings and truths, but in ways perhaps sometimes difficult to decipher. Here's what's challenging to me about this. When I go to Psalm 78, uh, and the, the psalmist, or as Jesus, as Matthew would say, the prophet said, I open my mouth in a parable. Uh, it seems like in Psalm 78, the charge is to the people and to the parents, tell your kids these things. Make the children understand these things. But these parables, these riddles or dark sayings, they're difficult to understand. So why would I want to 
use parables and riddles <laughs> to make my kids understand the mighty deeds of God. You know what I mean? And and then for the Lord then to take this, and clearly he's teaching in a method that uh, can be obscuring of the spiritual things, uh, but, you know, at the same time, certainly memorable. Uh, it's a curious thing, but a, a direct connection from our psalm today to Jesus. Today, when we talk about parables, most of the time folks will say, well, why did Jesus teach in parable? Well, because he was trying to make it easy. He's trying to put the cookies down on the bottom shelf. He's going to use something from our just everyday life, and it's going to just going to make it clear and going to make it plain. The question I always ask about that, if that is so true, then why were the apostles asking him, why do you use parables? Yes. What does that mean? If this is if this is all just so easy, if it's all just so clear and plain, you would think that then that the use of parables would just be obvious, right. and there would be no need to question it. And then why would they even ask, well, what does this parable mean? If it was just so obvious, if it was just so clear. And what we see, that this is my take on it. When we see the issue of parables, we are actually seeing a part of God's judgment. Hmm. When we get into Matthew and Mark, especially in Matthew and Mark, Luke a little bit demonstrates this, but Matthew and Mark both demonstrate this. Jesus starts talking about parables in the main after he is accused of casting out demons by the power of Satan. Hmm. And so when he is doing obvious, clear things that show who he is and the people are rejecting it anyway, Uh then he starts talking in parables. He starts talking in these stories that are laying alongside and and it does somewhat obscure. And then he just flats out says, well, you know, why, why are you doing this? It, well, because look, I'm taking away what people, you know, if, if they're not going to listen, I'm taking away what they could. Yeah. It, it, it starts separating the men from the boys. Only those who are going to ask about it, only those who are going to focus on it. And what we actually see is a beginning of judgment. And I think that is the tie back to when when Matthew says this fulfills what we find in Psalm 78. Uh-huh. It wasn't just saying, "Oh, here's this neat little here's this neat little verse that mentions parables and Jesus talked in parables, so let me let me talk about this." It's really when I go back and look at Psalm 78, it kicks off with I'm going to talk to you in parables. I'm going to reveal parables to you. And what did it reveal? It revealed judgment. Mm. Judgment is coming yeah. because people refuse to Listen to the works of God. What is Jesus doing? He's performing the works of God, and people are not paying attention. They're denying it. They're coming up with just any story they can come up with to ignore him. What Jesus is saying when he starts talking in parables, and I think this is the connection to Psalm 78, is if you guys don't start listening... You're going to get judged. Yeah. You're, you're not, you're forgetting the works of God. You're not paying attention to the works of God. So I'm going to start talking to you in parables. And what that's going to produce is judgment. I, I think that's uh, some of the connection there. Well, I mean, you, you sure can't argue that the, there's plenty of judgment going on and reminders of judgment going on <laughs> in Psalm 78. In Psalm 78. You've yeah. got judgment going on against the Egyptians when God delivers them, judgment going on against Israel or northern tribes as God has selected Zion or Judah to mm-hmm. keep the ark and David to be the shepherd. That's where the king and the kingdom is going to perpetuate. Yeah. yeah, I think you're onto something there. Well, and especially because the way that psalm was written was to try to, to get people to remember so that they wouldn't be judged. Now, we know what happened next. If, yeah. if, if I'm right that this psalm was written after Assyria conquered Israel, but before Babylon conquered right. Judah, we know what's going to come next. 
Now the folks in Judah aren't going to yeah, listen. They're going to they're forget, and they're going to be judged. They're going to last about a century, and, and then yet, they're going to be conquered, yeah. And yet we've been reminded that the king God chose is David. Yes. And at the end of Psalm 78, we've been reminded that God made a covenant with David, and that covenant said... He's always going to have somebody on the throne. Mm -hmm. And so after Judah gets conquered by Babylon, there needs to be the faith that, okay, God's going to keep his promise. Right. God is a covenant-keeping God. He has always been a covenant-keeping God. And so if he said, I'm, you're going to have a son on this throne, he's got a son on this throne, or he will. Which, of course, is why Israel believed the Messiah was coming. Sure. Which, of course, we believe that Messiah came. Jesus and that of Messiah Nazareth. is Jesus. Yeah. And I actually think that there is a really, really cool connection here in Psalm 78 to the life of Jesus. Not, not a prediction. It's yeah. not something that says, oh, when you see these three things happen, you know it's the Messiah. But rather, when I get into the Gospel of Matthew and yeah. I see what happens with Jesus, I remember, oh, Psalm 78, this guy must be the Messiah. And I'm actually talking about the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness in Matthew chapter 4. Because here's what happens in Psalm 78. In Psalm 78, the word test is used three times. Israel tests the Lord three times in Psalm 78. So we find the word here. I've got to get over to it. Psalm 78, verse 18, verse 41, and verse 56. All right. Well, now, here's the thing. You want to take them one at a time? Well, we're going to have to do it quick because we're okay. almost out of time already. So I'm just going to be quick. So remember, what's the first temptation of Jesus? The devil tempts him to turn the stones to bread. Turn the stones to bread. He's been out in the wilderness. He's hungry. And he, he says, hey, turn the stone into bread. God will take care if you're the son of God. Well, Psalm 78, verse 18, they tested God in their heart by demanding the food they craved. They spoke against God saying, can God spread a table in the wilderness? He struck the rock so that water gushed out and streams overflowed. Can he also give bread or provide meat for his people? Wow. So they tested God about give us bread. About give us bread. Give us food. Give us food. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, the second one is found in Psalm 78 and verse 41. Now, I admit this one is the one I think that's a little bit more difficult to grasp. It takes the larger section. But what's the what's the second temptation? Remember what what did Satan say to him the second time? Yeah, so in the second time, uh, in Matthew four, mm -hmm. he has taken him up to the pinnacle of the temple mm -hmm. and said, "You need to throw yourself down." And he quotes some scripture to him and says, "When you jump off of this, I will send my angels to take charge over you, and they will bear you up lest you dash your foot upon a stone." So he, he tells Jesus, "Jump, jump," and, and because the, the angels will take the care angels of you. will show up, the and, angels will take catch you. you. Yeah, absolutely. So here in Psalm seventy-eight forty-one, they tested God again and. Again again and provoked the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember his power or the day when he redeemed them from the foe. So the second time when it talks about the testing, the, the, the way the psalm tells it, it's, it's a little different than the first one, but they're testing God uh -huh. because they have forgotten how God delivers. And then he tells them, reminds them of the story of the Exodus. But notice what we get to in verse 49 of this same part of the psalm. He let loose on them his burning anger, wrath, indignation, and distress, a company of destroying angels. Uh, the angels so, so what we have in the second testing is a reference to angels delivering. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, see what Satan wants God or wants Jesus to do is rather than relying on God uh -huh. to 
test God to mm-hmm. send the angels. Mm-hmm. What what Jesus says is, I, I'm just going to rely on God. Yes. I'm not going to test him. I'm not going to force him. Yes. All right. Then the third. Now, what's the third temptation? Yeah. There, so in Matthew 4, the third temptation is the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. He said, I will give you all of it if you will bow down and worship me. So the third testing is in verse 56 of Psalm 78. Yet they tested and rebelled against the Most High God and did not keep his testimonies, but turned away and acted treacherously like their fathers. They twisted like a deceitful bow, for they provoked him to anger with their high places. They moved him to jealousy with their idols. They started worshiping false gods. They started uh-huh. worshiping falsely. What's what's Jesus' third test? Yeah. Well, just worship. Just worship, worship me. Just me. This worship once. the devil. Worship. So what we find is there's this this alignment between the testing of Jesus in Matthew four and the testing that we find here in Psalm seventy eight. Now in Psalm seventy eight, the people are testing God. God, I get it. Yeah. Okay. Well, in Matthew four, the devil's testing Jesus, and the devil is <laughs> testing Jesus. That's exactly right. So Jesus is tested these three times. Jesus succeeded where Israel failed. Israel, by testing God, failed their own testing. Mm -hmm. Jesus, by refusing to test God, he he passes the testing that he experiences. And again, Psalm 78 is not predicting that that temptation. I know that. It's not like, oh, I've read Psalm 78, and now I'm I'm waiting to find somebody who's going to go through three temptations, and it's going to be like this, and now that I see it. But, but what it is, is once I know the story of Jesus, when I'm reading Matthew 4, I, I, I should be thinking, wait a minute, wait, I've, I've read something about this. This sounds similar. I go back to Psalm 78 and I see Israel. I see Jesus taking the testing of Israel and succeeding. But then I end the psalm with, remember the covenant God made with David? Yeah. Remember the covenant God made with David about how David would be shepherding and he would shepherd with a skillful hand? You know, that reminded me, God has a plan. God has a promise. God has the son of David who's going to come. I bet this guy who passed these three tests is the guy we're looking for. It's really a rich psalm that way with with the tests, with the quotation, with the David uh, echo and connection. Uh, Jesus is all over Psalm 78. This has been a good Friday. (laughs) (laughs) I've enjoyed it. When I I saw that three tests, I was like, wow. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Well, listen, um, why don't we wrap up? Have a word of prayer? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Our great God and Father, Lord, thank you for Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, and all glory to him and to you and forever and in your kingdom. Father, as we've looked at this psalm and been able to talk about it uh, this week and in these episodes, it certainly has been encouraging. And we're thankful today that we've been guided to think about parables and and the use of those in teaching and the reality of temptations and tests and how Jesus fulfilled every one, tested in all points as are we, yet without sin, that he is the true descendant of David to sit on that throne forever. And so, Father, he is the, the good sacrifice and the good shepherd uh, to shepherd your people forevermore. Thank you for Jesus. We glory in him, and in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. 
You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.